Hey friends, I hope you're having an amazing day. This is a shameless plug going out to my free downloads. I just loaded up cycling snacks. So these are a great way to make your own healthy snacks for a training inside, outside, or for the family. So go to askcoachsylvie.com and download them today. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling, All Things Podcast, All Things Cycling with your host, Sylvie Dao, sitting here in balmy Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have an amazing guest with us today, Ollie Phillips, and he's sitting in the UK. And the reason why I asked Ollie, because I was surfing around LinkedIn, I'm like, hey, this guy looks interesting and he's been on a bicycle. So I have to reach out to him and bring him in, but he's done a whole lot of other amazing things. So he had, has been inspiring teams to exceed their goals, manage their emotions, adapt to change and move forward with shared values. And with that, he's built a business called Optimus Performance. We will touch on that at the end. But he's also done a a large number of things in his life, and we are going to touch on one of them, which is Ram the Race Across America. So welcome, Ollie, to the podcast. Hello, Sylvie. Thanks for having me. And thank you for surfing LinkedIn and stumbling (laughs) upon a... um, crazy stupid Englishman that you know whose profile fitted the bill which is what it's all about so there we go Well, for sure (laughs) and that's why like there's so many interesting people and that's what the podcast is all about is all things cycling so you know what people are doing around cycling and I love the fact that you know we were just saying and that you've made cycling a part a big part of your life um even you know, with all the ex-rugby playing. <laughs> and, yeah, chasing and, egg around the field, all that jazz. And, and yeah. sailing. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to dive into some of that. But I always love to ask, you know, how did you get into cycling that led you to, you know, those parts of your life where you got competitive into it and where it's led you now? So, yeah, yeah. So, um so, I mean, I was never a, a massive cyclist at the beginning um, during my rugby career. So I, I very fast overview for anyone listening. I had a 12 year professional rugby career that um, I played for England for 11 years and was captain of England for probably six and a half years. Um, and I got injured at a uh, that was the sort of definitive point that, that brought an end to my playing career. I, I went to a World Cup, got injured couldn't really come back from it and if like cycling was a little bit of my salvation um I I had a a pretty challenging time in my injury I was 29 so I sort of had a a thought an aspiration I was going to go on for a bit longer than I did at the same time just before I injured myself and had to sort of call it a day my grandmother had passed away um who was a sort of pretty integral part and inspirational part of my life um so this was all in, what was this, 2013? Um, and I just, I, I'd agreed with um, the Alzheimer's Society, which is a charitable organization over in the UK, that I would host and lead as a sort of, you know, whatever, ambassador or celebrity, a, um, a cycle from London to Brussels oh. in, in, in memory of my sort of grandmother and also to, to raise a load of money 
for the Alzheimer's Society. And I didn't really know how it would go. I didn't know who would sign up. But anyway, we ended up having 145 people come on this bike ride. Um, mm. And it was absolutely brilliant. Thankfully, cycling from London to Brussels is flat. So that was also <laughs> a, a brilliant um, introduction. Brilliant, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I sort of realized that, you know, having battered my body for best part of 12 years playing rugby mm. it, running was going to be a bit of a challenge for me and my knees but cycling I could do and I could be sort of competitive I could still have the sort of social element that I enjoyed with um within sport and within rugby and you know and and you can feel pretty good off that I still got the you know the buzz and the kick out of the endorphins or whatever that came from I used to get from training and playing playing sports so you know, that was my nat- that was my sort of first foray into it, doing the London to Brussels. And from there, you know, I became the classic, you know, the mammal, as they call it, like the middle aged man in Lycra. Um, <laughs> so um, so that was me. Yeah, the mammal. So um, the mammal. Oh, my yeah. God. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and ever since then, no, I, I think as you get a bit older, running as a you know people's joints and stuff you know running as a Mm -hmm. becomes a more it's still obviously an amazing sport for people to do but it becomes a little bit more challenging and also you can't cover as much distance Mm -hmm. and people quite like the exploration the adventure of a bike ride you know in 100 100 miles is a decent distance to cover in a day and and it's a big challenge but if you put that in as part of a you know, a, a, a program or a charitable event or something like that. People love it. So mm-hmm. I, I've ended up doing lots and lots of those. And um, yeah, and it's, it's great fun. And I still, as I said, I'm a man that loves Lycra. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't say that outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I don't look very good in it. I mean, no, no, no one looks very good in it, do they? But they think they do. I mean, all the, in England, we call it all the gear, but no idea. And that's oh, definitely they this is why oh. I love talking to you, UK. Guys. Yeah, all, <laughs> yes. all the gear, no idea, exactly. All the gear, uh, you might, you could probably say a lot of people in North America like that too, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I, I love what. You, well, you know, I'll go back to what you said. I used to have a spinning studio, and there was always a handful of people who came to cycling because running was no longer an option. because of their joints their knees like they had just blown them out and now cycling was their only last resort and I'm just like and I just love watching those people in marathons I'm like don't worry you'll become a cyclist soon enough (laughs) we'll be seeing each other later (laughs) I'll see you soon I'll see you later I'll see see the finish line that's right I'll give you my card hit me up later on so now Along with all the other amazing activities that you've done, like sailing around the world, I was just like, what? And, um, you know, hiking up Kilimanjaro and Everest. And I'm going to have to ask, because I mentioned that I've tracked around Everest about 25 years ago, but let's talk about how you got into the competitive uh, race Ram. So that's race across America. And you mentioned that you did that with your wife, which is amazing. So talk about that because I have uh, interviewed people who were on their way to this event. Now talk about the organization, especially when you mentioned that you were in a team of eight, like that must take a whole lot of coordination. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was a huge achievement and I'll be honest, I think it was a, it physically it was obviously very very challenging but I think actually for the people that weren't cycling that was that was the greatest achievement because you know I basically had to sit on a bike and pedal and then everyone else did everything else around me which was you know, a bit of a blessing in disguise right yeah you know, I, I probably had the easiest job out of the lot because you know when, when you're when you're when you take part in this we had eight cyclists sat on the road but we had how many did we have in the end? We had well, we had two vehicles that followed. So one vehicle that would it was a relay system. So we would have one person out on the road. You'd have a vehicle behind them, following them the whole way and indicating which way they should turn using their horn. And that is 
pretty monotonous for them driving at you know what 20 20 maximum 25 yeah. miles an hour at any point across the whole of america um so there was sort of three people in there one one as a navigator to the driver and then another person that would swap and drive so three people in there then there was another vehicle that was uh like if if you weren't cycling you know so you would relay so i would cycle you'd be on the bike sylvie waiting we'd cross wheels as we cross wheels you'd go I'd get off the bike, put my bike onto the back of the other car, get right. in the vehicle. We'd zoom ahead five miles or 10 miles or whatever the distance was that you agreed. And then I'd wait for you. We'd cross wheels and we'd just go like that, chaining the whole way. Um, okay. And you choose how long you chain for. So we chose nine hour stints. So you know, you'd be on the hour, on the road for nine hours. I'd be off the road for nine hours and we'd cross wow. over. Um, but you, I mean, you set your own tactics. So when I remember when we went through Colorado and it was obviously very <laughs> hilly, yeah. we, uh, we, you know, we were probably nine, every nine minutes we'd swap over rather than every You're nine like, hours. Right? I'll uh, finish at the bottom of the hill. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, exactly. <laughs> Always looking for like, where's the top? Oh, I'll swap now. Just so I can yeah, right. cruise down. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was that. So we would then have three people in that vehicle as well. And then we, we were fortuitous. We managed to hire Jason Derulo's tour bus so that was our vehicle that we would go in when we were you know off the bike for the nine hours we would be in there so we'd get some sleep we'd have a chef on board that would cook all our food I mean it was absolutely amazing right so uh, so the coordination of that and the logistics of all of that estimating the speed that the cyclists will go and where you should park the tour bus and where we should wait you know logistically that was a you know, nightmare for, for the people organizing it. And we had a, probably a team of 14, I think it was, that supported wow. us around that. Now that's extreme. Like that's, that's at the sort of bigger end of the, you don't have to have that. Now the soloists will have, I don't know, four or five people with them. But, um, right. but yeah, that's what, we, that's what we did it with. And I stand to date to say it was the greatest experience. It was the best adventure I've ever done in my life. Wow. So how many people were on your immediate team that you swapped um uh rides with like you swapped out like you relayed with four four so you so you're relaying the whole time with those four right so every 30 hours you You'd would be on the bike for nine hours kind of yeah, no 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 so every no no so we we cut it down to as a four we'd have nine hours on the road right so, so you and me would be in a team with two other people and we would have nine hours where we're just slugging it trying to go as fast as we possibly can and we would break that down we ended up deciding that we would do five mile pulls so look sylvie you're oh, on the road so you have to be all four t all four people on the road at the same time no don't ha you don't have to do whatever you want but there has to be one on the road obviously at all times oh i see because I, one of my friends, uh, she was Alec, uh, she was, um, part of a big team like you, but eight people. And I think each one of them took like half an hour pulls, like yeah, something like that. So every so many hours, it was their time to go out and ride for half an hour. And they, yeah. so ours, ours probably averaged out that it was every sort of 20 minutes. Right. So I, I would literally be on the road. I'd gun it as hard as i could for 20 minutes you'd be right. waiting ahead of me we right. cross you'd gun it for 20 minutes then the next person would wait 20 minutes blah, blah, blah. so i would be back on within an hour oh okay oh that is like that right 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 so i guess like time. so how what how fast did you finish it we did we did the whole of the u.s in eight days and how fast was that? Was you were you one of the fastest teams? Uh, yeah, we were up there. We didn't we didn't win the the eight, but we were. I can't. Remember. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know where we finished, but we were. I mean, <laughs> the interesting part of, of Ram. Yeah. Is you. So the soloists start on the Wednesday, and then the yeah. the eights start on the Saturday because oh, okay. you're, you're naturally going to be quicker. Um, right. And. By, I don't know, whatever, day six or seven, you've caught up some of the soloists. You're with okay. them. 
Yeah. And they are broken. <laughs> yeah. I broken. I mean, wow. you, I mean, I remember there was one cyclist who um, had, you know, Pringles tube, you know, the crisps of Pringles. They'd, they'd strap that onto the front stem of their bike. <laughs> so they could just rest their head oh. off. Oh, I'm like, then, oh, it's not for eating. It's just for rest. Oh, no, yeah. Because then also another one had like two rods that they'd, like a, a two rods that were coming up beside their head and a little chin strap from it. So it could just hold their head up because you're cycling so long, you get you know, the neck muscles, your neck muscles just basically cramp, go, you know, they give up <gasps> on you. So they, they were just, so you see them at the end and they've got these big dowgers necks. Because they've just been that like that the whole time. So you're oh like, my god! Tell me party. more stories. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so you go at the end, and if you can see me like that, they're like that. Yeah, right. All, all of them oh with their god. heads heads all the way forward, their neck, shoulders all the way back. So I mean, it's, it doesn't look very fun if, for a soloist, if I'm honest. But they they seem to love it. Um, uh, but yeah, so you catch them up, and by the end, you're trying to sort of, you know, you you're not allowed to pull anyone. You're not allowed to tow off anyone. So right. you, there's no drafting ever. So you have to just go. You can't leave. So, so you can sort of go behind them, move out to go overtake them. And then you can't stay there. You can't draft in front or behind. Mm -hmm. You just have to. So it'd be like, I don't hey. know, you've been going like 10 days. You're broken. You can hardly lift your neck. And I'm going past. All right, mate. How are you? <laughs> Fresh as a. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've just had, I've just, I've just had forty minutes in the car where I've just sort of refueled and yeah, drank it, or whatever. Yeah, your gourmet supper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was. I when when I finished, we were. It's bearing in mind it's three thousand two hundred miles. You know, when I finished, I was, I was pretty knackered. I mean, I, I had, you know, you knew you'd done something pretty big. Yeah. And I, I was physically exhausted and bear in mind i had a team of four people that i was sharing the load with right These, the soloists don't have anyone uh-huh and you know, so what was it like with your uh with your wife was she on your team or on the other team no she was on my team she was my girlfriend at the point at the time and i was like look oh. i'm gonna i've got to put this relationship to the test i mean come on <laughs> oh yeah sure yeah. hey yeah. you want to bike across america exactly yeah let's see if it if it <laughs> If it lasts, then obviously <laughs> she's a keeper, I'm a keeper. And if it doesn't, well, I've dodged a bullet, one or the other. We've both dodged oh, a bullet. Jesus. But, uh, you know, we did it. We loved it. And we both still say it was our best adventure. And then, you know, we're now married with three kids. So, you know, we didn't hang around. Wow. So that's uh, it's like, okay, let's uh, do this thing. <laughs> well, I was just grateful that all that time, all that time in the saddle didn't stop me from having any children, which is the main thing. Like, so that's not to mention her. Yeah, oh exactly. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, um, it was an, I'll be honest, it was an amazing experience. It was so great. And as we pulled into Annapolis in Washington, I just, I was absolutely buzzing. I was just on cloud nine. And, and what you don't realize is the beauty of North America of it's mm. just stunning. I mean, some areas are not so stunning, but but it is, I mean, those are the ones you I, sleep through. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember what, like the order of the States. I have got it. I just can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, as you go through, you leave in California, obviously, and then, you know, Arizona, you go through, mm -hmm. you know, I just, all I remember is Arizona, Utah, Colorado. You know, just took my breath away. Yeah. And then at the beginning, Kansas was amazing. I was like, this is just flat road that i could just couldn't see the end of it just went on forever and then and then by the time about an hour in i was like i absolutely hate kansas get me out of kansas like <laughs> everything looks the same <laughs> it's just endless <laughs> i really like fall asleep on my bike yeah well that was a risk <laughs> but i mean and we had so many different weather types we had a we had a hailstorm that blew through and i'm not joking you the hailstones were the size of my palm Oh wow! And they smashed. The, so one of the lead, the vehicles that was following us, it dented the whole bonnet of the car, smashed all the windows of the car. We had to sort of take refuge into a church, and one of the guys had put their bike out. One of the tailstones hit his bike. It was a like nine thousand pound carbon frame bike. It shattered it straight through the <laughs> middle of it. So yeah, I mean he wasn't very happy, but um, 
Do you have extra bikes? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of extra, but but and, and there was and then it. I can't remember what state we're in, but it rained so heavy that it was a landslide on one of the roads. You know, it was nuts, it was nuts. But it was but and I I never really appreciated that the U.S. was that sort of diverse, right? As of its weather, in terms of its sort of um, geography, it was just it, honestly it was breathtaking. It was brilliant. Oh, I can imagine. Now you mentioned, so before we move on from there, so does everybody kind of almost finish together in Washington? Like, no, I mean, I mean, I sort of, <laughs> so, so, so there, there is a cutoff. So there is a, uh, okay, of like course a, there is a, I think it's a, is it 11 day or 12 day sweeper? Right. That, you know, so that if you, if you're beyond that, they sweep you up and you're finished. So mm-hmm. the, the cruel, the cruel thing is, <laughs> I remember whatever it was. It was let's say it was twelve days. It might be it might be eleven. But um, but the cruel thing for me was there was this soloist that literally came over the line twelve days and like seven minutes, and they were disqualified. <gasps> no. And, and I was like, come on, man, you can't be serious. They've just slogged their guts out for twelve days. And you've just disqualified them. No chance. Come on. But they were. And they were militant on it. And I'll tell you, I know this sounds ridiculous across 3,200 miles, but there are judges everywhere. So if you oh. if you cheat, if you like, so when if you can't cheat, well, you can cheat. Whatever, if, it, I don't know. If you put your bike on the back of a car and zoom up 50 miles and then get back off again and keep going, they'll know. And if you, mm. to the point where if we don't cross pro- properly with our wheels, like I can only oh. remember maybe three occasions across the whole of the US where there wasn't somebody, a judge watching, like in their car or what on the side of the road, watching as I cross wheels with that next person. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really militant. Really, really wow. serious. Yeah. Huh. So it was, yeah. I- yeah. Uh, wow that's that is serious that is militant like you yeah said. yeah 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 they just uh, i mean it, i mean it's good in a sense because obviously the it keeps everybody fair but um right. and there's no cheating because it's quite mm-hmm. a big thing to win ram and and to be competitive in ram so if you know, if you cheated to do it you know then so what do you win what is the winnings like besides bragging rights? A, a, a sore backside, basically. <laughs> that's about and it. That. <laughs> that's that's about it. Yeah, I mean, no, I, nothing really. I mean, I, I, we didn't do it for we didn't do it yeah. for that. We did it to raise a load of money for charity, which we did. What um, was your charity? So um, my, uh, so we did it for Asthma UK. So one of the, um, one of the founders of the team. Mm-hmm. His his daughter had very unfortunately died of a asthma attack at some at oh gosh, about right. two or three years before. So um so our team was called Antonia's Friends. Her name was Antonia, um and so it was to raise money awareness of as mm. for Asthma UK in um, a charity based in the UK. So that was the the root cause. So we you know, we raised I can't remember about a, a couple of hundred thousand pounds for that and wow. Yeah, it was just, honestly, it was every single facet of it was special. Right. So were all the racers from the UK, like the whole team and everybody went over or did you recruit in the States to as um, part of your team? Well, mainly or mostly European. Okay. But that was, that was really because um, of our net, you know, network and people that we know. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I would love it to, to make it sort of more broad, broad a you know, much broader church and just an eclectic group of people that come together. Because you, got, you have to remember, I mean, this is also some of the foundations of my business, Optimist Performance. But mm-hmm. you know, this, is, this is a physical challenge, but this is also sort of a, a psychological, emotional, mental yeah, challenge yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and an acid test of teamwork, behaviours, value sets cultures all of that stuff because everybody's tired nobody nobody's done it before so nobody knows where they're going but you know you're all clubbing together you know and to to make it like an amazing experience Mm -hmm. and but with that you know there are challenges of 
uh, like self-awareness challenges of kind of like where you are on that spectrum and if you are grumpy as hell and you're going to be that at some point you know mm-hmm. making sure that you understand that you recognize that you manage around that so that you don't just destroy morale by you know coming out and screaming at someone swearing at someone or something like that which which yeah. can happen and and would and, and, and understandably would happen but it's that that's the real specialness of like wow we all came together and did this achieve this it's you know it, it just made me think of something ollie I have been, I used to do adventure racing. So it's kind of like the eco challenge. You have a team of four and you race either short races or multi-day races. But I was just thinking about that, how as a team, like the longest, the, the last race that I did was an eight day race in Utah. Right. For Primal Quest. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful, but we did it in July. So it was like nobody around. It was like 110 degrees. Like it was unbelievably gorgeous. But there were some times when you just felt like you were going to lose your mind. Like I'll give you an example. Um, We were in this canyon. And if you've ever been in a canyon, you're just like, when is this thing going to end? It was like 10 kilometers long. You're just like trekking, trekking is the end. Uh, And you just sit there, you go, okay, I cannot. And it's hugely mentally tough, um, demanding. And like you said, you cannot be like a hothead or like freak out because it's really poor for morale. Like you have to keep all this, this anger or whatever it is like, you know, just for the end of the race, you know, you discuss all the things at the end when you're, when you're done, because, um, you know, there's certain thing you just have to keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, there's you a can't spin it like the, you have to get yeah. out of it. Right. And, and, and having a meltdown in the middle of the Canyon is not going to get you out of the Canyon. <laughs> yeah, of course. Exactly. Right. And, and, and nobody, nobody's deliberately sabotaged the efforts yeah. or whatever to do it. I mean, maybe they have, right. I don't know, but, but in general, most people come from a good place. So, you know, their intentions are, are well placed. So I think, you know, it's about this, this constant balance between your levels mm. of emotion mm. and how much of those you show and how much of those you manage. And, and yeah. then equally, understanding the impact that that has on the dynamic as you said of the group and and that was the best part about it you know being able to sort of really dial in and dial up or dial down Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you were feeling whatever you were going through at that point in time you know the huge moments of elation were obviously easy to share (laughs) because everybody's on board but those moments you know three four in the morning when you're doing the graveyard shift on the bike you're pet, you know, you're sat in the buggy, you're, you know, excuse my friend, you're pissed off. You just want to go home. It's raining. It's wet. It's miserable. Yeah. And you know, someone's like, come on, go faster. You're like, mate, I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw you over the side of the, the you know, bank. <laughs> yeah. But that's when, that's when you really understand yourself, right? That's where you can, mm-hmm. you can get that big moment of self-reflection and that you know, nobody, it's, it's the old classic line from Mike Tyson, right? You can do all the preparation in the world, but no one really understands how you're going to react to get punched in the face. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And and it's when you get punched in the face that you see your true colors. And mm-hmm. and that's what I loved about it was that our true colors were were gold. Yeah. And and also the the, you know, just keeping an eye on your team. How are they doing, too? That's another big, big yeah. component of t- team building. Right. Like making sure everybody is still okay you know like well, just having an appreciation of others yeah. right and, you know mm-hmm. and, and being selfless rather than selfish yeah yeah it was uh yeah so i can see how that would have been the nice part about you is you have 14 people around you helping you out the unfortunate thing about us just the four of us <laughs> So we got like yeah, but I mean, managers, I'll be honest, the four of us. Come on, you, you can do it. Don't. Of course, of course, of course. But I mean, so some <laughs> with that, fourteen people can be more frustrating because you're like, oh, yes, because you got so many people in your yeah, face. <laughs> more noise. Um, yeah. And then, you know, but then, and then, as you say, the smaller ones, you can, 
you can sometimes get stuff done quicker right mm-hmm. if there's four of you there's only three people to convince to actually sort of like That's move right. forward if there's you know 14 of you and i don't know three th- want to go right five want to go left and then the other rest <laughs> want to go forward you're like oh god we're gonna oh be for hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's so, true <laughs> so it's you know death by democracy but um but yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean it was it was um but all, all of that is part of it right that's all part of the experience the you know it's not just the on-field stuff the on-the-road stuff it's the off-road stuff that's of that's actually really interesting and probably the most transferable right so yeah you can put that into practice afterwards with other teams. I mean, you might not be sat on a bike having cycled for eight days and not feel very mm-hmm. good about yourself. But, you know, there are loads of times where you're pretty tired, you're pretty knackered, you're a bit grumpy, and yet you've got to work collaboratively with people. And that's mm-hmm. you know, it's the same, ultimately the same scenario. You just haven't been on a bike. Yeah, I always looked at it like we always look at it as that, it's not the big picture that you look at. It's like the small sections that you have to get through to get to the big, the big picture. And you can't look that far down. Like, you know, when you start day one, you're like, Oh, eight to 10 days, we're going to be done. You're like, that's a big picture, right? No, I just got to get to the next checkpoint, which is like 10 kilometers down the road. And then, and then we'll look at the next one, the next one, the next one. And, um, I think looking at things like in that perspective is easier to break down and, and get it done. You know? Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So let's talk about, so that was not your last, uh, um, adventure on the bike. You were saying that you've done more with your wife. Let's talk a little bit about those and then, uh, how your business uh formed well yeah i mean obviously i clearly thought that i just needed to keep testing our relationship oh know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like first yeah. let's marry her <laughs> yeah let's see what happens it just becomes much more expensive now <clears throat> if we if we change our minds um no she's she's an amazing human being um but yeah i mean so uh, we, we have a love uh, from a personal perspective of of you know taking on a physical challenge just to mm-hmm. yeah, just to give us our own stimulus and something to work towards so i yeah. think that's a sort of foundation in terms of who we are as people you know that doesn't mean that not everyone is sort of wired the same way that we are but um mm-hmm. but you know we're, we're fortunate that we sort of have a shared interest in that and a shared um passion point around doing that and it's not always around cycling but you know cycling is a it's just a, it's a much bigger communal sport, right? Um, yeah. You know, mountains are the same, but they're just a bit more of an acquired taste. Sailing mm-hmm. is more technical and a bit more expensive. You know, so it, cycling is is sort of a natural playground for everyone to play in. So have and you incorporated is... the kids into that? Well, not, yet, a little no. chariot? not yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did. We did. Um, I did a running one in. Uh, it's called the Marathon de Mudok, which is you run through all like I think it's fifty different vineyards in in, oh, wow. in Bordeaux, yeah. And my wife followed on a a bike with a chariot on the back. So oh. yeah. Um, so anyways, <laughs> I hope that wasn't too hilly. No, 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 that was okay. <laughs> like, yeah. No, so so we I mean we take on a series of stuff. So it's I mean since then we've done. John O'Groats to Land's End. We did that. I mean, all the, all of these rides that we always do are for, for charitable causes. So we always fundraise. Um, mm-hmm. So we did we did John O'Groats to Land's End, which is across the whole of the UK, basically, which is about mm-hmm. 900, and, 900 miles. Um, we did a cycle around the whole of Ireland. So that was 1,000 wow. miles. So 100 miles a day, just over 1,000 miles. Um, and then we've got another one planned in September this year where we're going to cycle around the whole of Wales, which is very hilly. So that'll be, it's about, I think the average climbing is seven and a half thousand feet a day. So it'll, um, yeah, it'll be some decent climbing on that one. 
But, but um, she's going to need to strap that chariot and go up some hills and do some serious. Yeah, exactly. You, you guys some, take yeah. take turns. Exactly. <laughs> what? She just strap me in the chariot and say, carry me up the top. <laughs> That's right. A bit like, I'll do the downhill. You do the uphill. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. So we've just got, I mean, we've got a passion for adventure is what I would say. Mm. And, and a passion for exploration and being able to, for example, you are in Canada and I'm sat here talking to you about cycling and we have a shared interest and being able to then come together because of our shared interest and mm-hmm. I don't know, cycle across Canada, cycle around UK or just go out for a 30 mile bike ride together. Right. Yeah. And that's what makes sport special because as human beings, not everyone, but the majority of us are social beings, right? We like social interaction. So, so I like to, you know, I enjoy, well, let's go out for a bit of physical exercise and let's go and chew the fat and see what's going on in the world and hear all about Sylvie and what, uh. you know, what makes her tick. And, you know, and, and sport is the medium for that. And cycling is the medium for that for me. I know cycling brings so much of us together and it's great. Actually, as one great thing about uh, what's happened in the last two years is that a whole slew of new people have found the passion for cycling and uh, lots, lots more women on bikes and, um, and Don't getting into- continue. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, so your business Optimus performance, how long have you had that? And how have you used your experiences to really model like and create the the business that you have today yeah like so speaking and sure sure so optimus performance has been around for about seven years now we're coming up to our seventh year um and the foundations of it are that i you know we've been talking about one of them in ram but mm-hmm. some of the other challenges that i've done you mentioned already like being captain of england in rugby sailing around the world um setting a guinness world record on everest setting a guinness world record at the North oh Pole. really guinness yeah. world on everest okay yeah, before we guinness get into world the records. business let's talk about that yeah <laughs> no, so we've got we've got four guinness world records um what so the first first guinness world record is for the most northerly game uh, so i i kept it in my heritage of rugby so we played the most northerly game of rugby ever played in history so we trekked a hundred we actually went through canada we went up to Iqaluit and then resolute oh, really? bay yeah uh, and then we trekked from resolute bay to the north pole so we trekked 100 miles to get to the north pole um and then when we reached the north pole we staged a game and it had to be a, a fully qualified, like had to be on a full size pitch with a fully um, fully qualified referee. It had to be f- all video recorded. It had to be uh, like a, you know, proper teams, team numbers and whatever else like that. Um, and full size posts, everything else like that. So we had to carry you... all that with us. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. Really? So we carried that all, all and our porks all the way up to the North Pole, and then set this Guinness World Record for the most northerly game of rugby. When did you do that? April 2015, we did that. Um, Holy, co- I'm going to go look that up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Everybody, yeah. go look that up. Yeah, April it, 2015. Uh, yeah. It's called the Arctic Rugby Challenge with the Wooden Spoon. It, it was We did it for a children's charity called the Wooden Spoon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, um, now... Uh, <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you guys yeah. trekked up there. How many yeah. of you were like two full teams? And, uh, and yeah, we had we had twenty of us. Twenty of us went. Yeah, so we played a game of sevens up there. So it was great. Yeah. Oh my and gosh, then, that is so cool. Okay, and, next. And then and then four years on, the charity wanted to to to. to it was all basically around the Rugby World Cup that was going on. So, 2015, the World Cup was in England. 2019 the world cup was in japan and so they wanted to do a flagship fundraiser for you know for the each world cup year and so we they asked if i would lead and another i'd been one of the team captains on the last one and they said would you be a team captain again on this one and this time we were going to go and set two guinness world records for the highest games of mixed touch rugby and full contact rugby 
ever played in history. So we we basically agreed that we would play um, at six and a half thousand meters at advanced base camp on Everest, and there was a patch <laughs> of ice just underneath, Get out. just at the foot of it. Yeah. So we tr- we trekked to to advanced base camp. Um, I'll be honest, the game was the most horrific experience of my life. It was just I so bet. hard to run and do anything. And no, one, no one wanted the ball. Absolutely no one wanted the ball. Um, <laughs> it was like, but we set, okay, we, who's like kick it on, kick it down the, the field. Yeah, yeah. So we set, we set, um, we set two, we, we set both those world records. So we had, we had men and women come with us up there. So we played the highest game of mixed touch rugby. And then we played the highest game of full contact rugby at advanced base camp at six, six and a half thousand meters. Um, and I was the captain for one. Um, for, I was the captain for both teams, but the, you know, for that, and and I was captain for the North Pole one. Um, and so then, when and you were it, at Everest, is sorry, when you're at Everest, did you just go there to play, or did you actually track? Yeah, yeah, track as well. Track, track to the top with the ball afterwards. But oh, but, you know, <laughs> but the but the principle was to set these two world records mm-hmm. um, uh, on Mount Everest. So it and it was the it was. 2019 we did it in march march or may may march i can't remember may, i think is the uh yeah may, may 2019 yeah yeah so um it was the year that they basically had all of the cues and whatever on the summit so we just missed all the cues so you remember all the photos that they sent of that massive low long load of people all queuing right. to the summit we'd we'd gone two days we we started to come down two days before that so we just missed that Oh, yeah, good thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so we set those. So yeah, that was the, that was all part of the. And again, that was a fundraiser for this children's charity, the Wooden Spoon. So you know, we raised. I mean, co- collectively, cumulatively over the years of the stuff since I've retired until now, I think we're at three point two million or three point one million that we've now raised. Um, so it's great, yeah. Pounds. I, no. I don't know what that is in dollars, but. That's a lot. Yeah. Five million probably. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Probably just under five million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I like this uh a a coupling of charity fundraising with events. Yeah, well so so, go and do something. So to answer your question about like bringing it full circle, what what is Optimist Mm -hmm. Performance about? Right? The roots of Optimist Performance are that the value that comes from shared experience. So the only way, like life for me, I live by a mantra of, you know, we're here for a good time, not for a long time. So let's have, Mm -hmm. let's go for it. Right. Let's, let's have a bit of carpe diem. And um, I know this all sounds a bit of a mouthful, but when I was a young, unfortunately he passed away last week, the person that told me this, but when I was a young, 18 19 year old lad just getting into rugby just becoming a professional there was a guy who was a bit of a um you know a coach a life coach or whatever a mentor for me called mm-hmm. steve black and he said to me look he said two things he said maximize the strength your strengths manage your weaknesses that's what got you here in the first place that's your x factor so just keep going on your strengths like mm-hmm. so do that focus out all your time if you've got 24 hours in a day spend the majority on all the things you're good at because if you spend it on all the things you're bad at, you'll just end up mm-hmm. sort of in the middle and then you'll be average and no, no one really, no one signs anyone average. So, um, I like that. So, so he said, <laughs> he said, you maximize your trends, manage your weaknesses. And then the other thing he said to me, which I sort of live by all the time is, and this is the mouthful one is the opportunity of a lifetime only exists within the lifetime of the opportunity. <gasps> so he said, Oh, uh, and for me, okay. that just really resonated because it just sort of said to me, okay, well, there are loads of great things that come across your bow in life, but they only exist for a finite period of time. You know, someone will say, do you want to go and, I don't know, do you want to go up Everest next week? And you'd be like, oh, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm getting my hair done. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking the dogs or something. You know, we always find excuses not to do things, mm-hmm. normally because it's rooted out of, anxiety fear worry and it's emotional reasons that tell us we can't do it um mm-hmm. before we've even tried so um 
So the roots of Optimus performance are actually in the benefit of shared experience. And the, all my greatest memories in my life come from moments. Now, I never would sit with you, Sylvie, and go, oh, let me tell you this story. There was this one time I was on my own, right? It's, it just doesn't work like that, life. It's like, oh, Sylvie, do you remember that time we were on a podcast together? And I loved your jumper and da, 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 like it's about, you know, shared moments, shared experiences in life that we live by, however big or however small that those are. It's about shared experiences. And that's obviously been the one, well, but one benefit, but also one massive negative of COVID is that we haven't been able to have lots of shared experiences with people over the last two years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we are, you know, the roots of everything we do are that. We then focus on teamwork and effective communication and great negotiation and all that sort of stuff, all that really good stuff in terms of like, how do you just basically become more aware and more cognizant of how you manage scenarios and situations mm -hmm. that provide challenge, but with the focus of always that we will create shared experiences, scenarios that enable you to sort of experience life, basically. Right. There you go. <laughs> I was deep. I'm like, I'm still back on the the, the mouthful. The, the yeah, yeah. The, experiences. the, 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 like, the opportunity of a lifetime only exists within the lifetime of the opportunity. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so give me an example. I could have, I could have quite easily said when someone said to me, "I just," I give you an example where it all kicked off. I just got injured at a World Cup. I my career was I was 29. I thought I was going to go to the Olympics in Rio. That was the plan. That was what I was told. It was going to be captain for Great Britain, blah, blah, blah. So I could have said, uh, okay, I've just got injured. And suddenly came some someone came and said to me, look, we've just had an opportunity for a brand ambassador to come and sail around the world. Would you do it? You leave in five weeks. Now, I could have at that moment said, no, I'm going to stay and I'm going to, I'm going to think about what I do next and I'm going to, I'm going to look at all my teammates training and hope that my leg miraculously recovers and I can then go and jump on a plane, right? Because, you know, the thought of going and sailing around the world, something I've never done before in my life, I've never even been on a boat in my life, that's just too overwhelming. That's too, that's, that's just too much for me to process. Mm -hmm. Or I can go, yeah, I can just say yes. Those, th those three little letters that suddenly change everything, Mm -hmm. and my life has just taken a totally different tangent because of it yeah. and and i think that is the opportunity of a lifetime existed within the opportunity the lifetime of a week the for offer. me to say yes or no and if yeah. i said no i'd have sat at home probably watched all my friends go to you know the olympics and felt sorry for myself probably got pretty down and depressed and god knows what i'd have done but mm -hmm. or I could go hop on this boat, do something I've never done before in my life and see what, see where it takes me and where it's taken me now is a massive series of cycling adventures. It's taken me four Guinness world records. I've got, I've met a beautiful lady. That's now my wife. We've got three incredible kids, you know, and I don't know. I mean, I, I put that, that, down that decision that could have really altered your life. Like it if did. you had said no, yeah, yeah. you know, it, I, I'm, 100% convinced it would have well, it would have changed oh, yeah. my life I wouldn't I probably wouldn't be sitting on your podcast because I wouldn't be very interesting <laughs> you probably gonna be in a pub right now exactly yeah yeah there you go <laughs> drowning yeah. your sores but yeah I do see that and um and I see a lot of people you know saying no to those opportunities where it's it's you know where you could simply say yes and have a great experience and otherwise you know I like and that's where and that's where a lot of things like that yeah and, and that's where a lot of nervousness comes from Sylvia. you must see it even mm. cycling right when if if, yeah. if you're if you're a seasoned veteran on a bike and you go to someone do you want to come out for a bike ride they've never been on a bike before or they've never cycled anyway they'll probably say no because they they don't want to look stupid they're worried about not having the right gear they're worried about making a mistake or whatever it is like our lives are filled with worry anxiety whatever right rather than just saying you know what sod it i don't care like yeah I'm, all right i'm in but great i'll come with you and if i finish three hours behind you i'm fine with that you know as long as yeah. you're fine with that 
know, yeah. and, and then well, I do, and and you're right, Ollie, because I I do see, and I always tell I always tell my ladies, I said, stop with the stories in your head, you know, just go and do it, and you'll you'll love the experience. It's a new thing that you can grow on. If you keep saying no, you're never gonna know. You probably could have done way better than you actually thought, because us women love to always you know, downplay our, yeah. our uh, ability to do things, right? Like, you know, I say, Hey, you want to do some hill repeats and learn how to climb a hill better. Oh, oh, I couldn't do that. Oh my God. That'd be, I'm like, yeah, I know it's going to hurt. Like, but the thing is that you're going to learn and you're going to be better next time. And if you don't start now, when are you going to start, yeah. you know, yeah. like next year when you're fitter, <laughs> doesn't work that way. Nobody gets like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I think, and it's trying to break down those the barriers the, the, and they're, they're your own, they're your own self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. What you tell yourself is most likely to come true. Yeah. So, so having your business for the last seven years, what have one big accomplishment or like, maybe big transformation that you've seen happen, like whether it's within a person or within a company that you've, you know, applied everything that, you know, you've helped them break through. I just want one. Do you have one? Oh yeah. 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 Um, Off the top of your head. Like, oh yeah, that it was the best. Yeah. We've had lots in terms of like, you know, companies, companies of like, better connectivity and they've made more revenue and da-da-da. so mm-hmm. that, we've got lots of stories like that and obviously that's what we sell into the market but right but the fa- my favorite ones are the individual people mm-hmm. right and there was um we we our cycle around ireland that we organized in june july of last year we had 45 people come and do that as part of a resilience project oh um, wow uh, that we did as a research project with nottingham university and I remember at the end of it, and there were, and it was we did it for motor neurons disease to raise some money for motor neurons disease because a um, a friend of ours has got motor neurons disease and, and is suffering pretty badly. What is and that? So, uh, it's a neurodegeneration, basically. Oh, okay. Your neural pathways start to degenerate. Right. Motor neurons disease. And um, anyway, we had forty five people that came and took part in this ride, and I remember at the end of it all. This lady came over to me. She's an amazing human being. And she just gave me a massive cuddle. And I was like, and, and you know when you sort of give someone a cuddle and then you stop. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Yeah, but you give someone a cuddle, but then they don't stop cuddling you. So you're like, okay, well, I don't know, I don't know if this is awkward or like if this is a moment <laughs> or whatever. You know, I'm like, yeah. but, but, um, but I, I could, I could, I knew, I knew it was a, like a special moment for them of like, oh, I've just... Now, I've just achieved something I never in my wildest dreams thought was feasible. And even mm-hmm. at the beginning, like when we started, she didn't think she'd finish it, right? And the reality is that the the, the huge goal of like, you know, a thousand miles around the whole of Ireland is overwhelming, is daunting, right? But actually, when you break it down, mm-hmm. it's a hundred miles every day. And when yeah. you, even if that seems overwhelming, it's... Let's do 20 miles in an hour or let's do 15 miles in an hour and then we'll stop mm-hmm. and then we'll do another 15 miles mm-hmm. and slowly it's suddenly gone. Yeah. And I think she just, she held me for ages and then she let go and she just said, look, thank you. And I said, I didn't do anything. You did it all. I mean, you, you pushed the pedals. I mean, she said, no, but thank you just for convincing me that I could do this. And I was like, well, and again, I said, I didn't convince you of anything. You you did it yourself like i mean and, right. and that was sometimes you just need you know, ultimately someone just to hold your hand remember I mean, it's like all those things when you're a kid on, on a diving board i don't want to jump i don't want to jump but you'll jump if your dad or your mom holds your hands and you jump off into the pool then then you're gone then you just jump off every diving board on the planet and it, and it you know it was that it was just that sort of you just you just help me at the beginning showing me that i could do this thing and now you know the self-belief that she got out of that that they're the things that make it special of course you know, we yeah. make you know we build our business on the back of helping businesses do it because they're the ones that ultimately pay us you know the money but but the real enjoyment stuff is people we, we deal in people and we help people fulfill their potential and that's what 
and that was a special moment when we did the island bike ride yeah oh my god that is so powerful because it is true you know just breaking it down to little segments and then and like i said not looking at the big picture like oh my god it's a thousand miles i'm like how am i gonna do that yeah but uh breaking it down village to village stops yeah. to stop yeah. days Small over and that's life, yeah. right? I mean, like, like everything seems overwhelming at the beginning. Start with a big goal. What do I want to achieve? And then just mm-hmm. break it down into tiny bits. And some days you'll be way ahead of pro- progress and other days you'll be way behind. But, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, just keep moving forward, as you said. Yeah, just keep moving forward. So this is amazing. So where can people find you, Ollie, besides LinkedIn? But, He's but, on LinkedIn. Besides, yeah, but besides LinkedIn, <laughs> where Sylvie finds me. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, our website is obviously optimistperformance.com, but me, it's Ollie at, you know, all my social media handles are at Ollie Phillips 11 and Ollie is O-L-L-I-E and Phillips is P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. So, so yeah, I mean, people just reach out, say hello and you come for a bike ride. And you see, he actually responds with a real message. There you go. I hate automated messages, even though they're nice, but... <laughs> They're well, usually they a sales pitch. And yeah, I'm just like, <sighs> yeah. I mean, that is the danger now that these things just become so homogenized and automated that it just loses any sort of sincerity. I know you now. just, you don't, you just lost me. Sorry. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I've lost it. You, Send lost a message. Me at, you lost me at hello. Yeah. You lost me at hello. Or like, Hey, have you ever felt like this? Mm. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Right now when I'm reading your letter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe get to know me a bit and then yeah and then, then we'll be flying yeah it's a bit like dating so, right a bit like dating yeah. like actually just yeah. take me out for a drink first before you want to sort of take me back home it's just yeah it's just, i know we always dream. say that it's like you know it's like yeah get to know me a little bit so i've uh i've loved this interview in this episode and getting to know you um and i always say that these podcast episodes are such a great way to share cycling across the world, getting to know people who are on bikes and doing amazing things. Oh my God. Like, look at this stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, just exposing you, your business, your passion with more people. And I just appreciate you for saying yes and, and having this done. But thanks for having me. And I look forward to catching up soon. Yes. And maybe, maybe if I make it to the UK, I've not been to the UK. I've been to Ireland. Sylvia, you've never been to the UK? No. Never been to I, sorry, I've been to Italy and France. You've never been to London? Oh, my God. I know, I know. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, uh, publicly, make it over there. on your podcast, here there is an open invite now of Sylvie. <laughs> Will you come to the UK? Okay, i got to figure if I can fly there first. But there's okay. lots, there's many, many years to be getting there. Yeah. Like, I know and, it doesn't and, have to and, happen. And, and you can fly there. I mean, there are flights from Ottawa to the to London. Oh, I know, Ottawa. but the thing is, like, getting out of the country and getting back in and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. right all now. The COVID chess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll forgive you for the next couple of months, and then I won't forgive you anymore. <laughs> I know. Oh, but then it hits my cycling season, and then I'll be doing all sorts of uh, events. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they do cycle in the UK, is... so you can ride here as well. I know. <laughs> I know, and you know, the more things that I. I hear about happening globally. Oh, I wanted to mention the um, transcontinental. Have you ever seen that event? Across yeah, I have. Europe? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to do it. I've never done it, but yeah, I would love to do it. Now that's fourteen thousand kilometers. Come on, that's like in. three weeks of cycling, but it's like straight across the. And I, uh, I interviewed the the lady who organized that. I'm like, whoa! Now that's an event. Wow. You know that so you where, where, where does it go across? Where does it start? And oh, finish? I can't tell you because they start and stop at different places. Like every year is a different course. So right. basically you have to navigate. So you have a start and stop. You have checkpoints you have to make it to, and you can take whatever route you want to get to these checkpoints. I'll send you the link. Okay. Wow. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So that would be uh, one We're of in. those epic. Yeah, we're in. Um, yeah. 
Till we used to sign up for it. So there you go. Oh, stop it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks to our listeners. And don't forget to find Ollie on social. Everything will be in the show notes. And don't forget to follow the podcast. And of course, always asking for a review on Apple Podcasts. Have yourself an amazing day. And don't forget to ride your bike today. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.